and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Uh, today our guest host is Wes Leek. Welcome to the show, Wes. Thanks, Matt. Great to be back again. Wes, of course, is the CEO of Business Blessings. And uh, we've got a good friend of ours, Dave Hodgson, the CEO of the Paladin Group at the Sunshine Coast, joining us today. Welcome to the show, Dave. Oh, good day, Matt. Now, uh, Dave, I understand uh, you grew up uh, in Rhodesia, now known as Zimbabwe, and uh, were involved, you know, as an SAS soldier. You had quite a, an amazing upbringing there. Tell us a little bit about where you came from and, uh, and how life started for you. Okay. Um, I grew up in Zambia, uh, which is north of Rhodesia, and I spent my first five years there. And I was actually sent to boarding school when I was five years old from Zambia, put on a train and sent right down to the southern tip of Africa, which is a few thousand miles away. Took 10 days to get to school on the train and only came home once every six months as a little five-year-old boy. So uh, suffered a lot with the rejection and so on of all of that. But grew up uh, on my own, I guess, because of that. And then um, after a few years, my parents moved south from Zambia to Rhodesia. And uh, when I came home there, we were then based in Rhodesia. Now, by the time I left school, Rhodesia was at war with all of its neighboring states to the north and the east and the west. And we were called up into the army as soon as we left school. Um, I joined the SAS because a lot of our guys were getting killed. And uh, I thought, well, I better join the best unit and get the, get the best pay as well. So I got into the SAS and uh, spent four years in the SAS uh, doing all the things that you see in the movies and so on, fighting behind enemy lines. And we were actively at war, um, defend, fighting for our lives, actually, fighting for the life of our nation, really. Uh, after four years, I joined a unit called the Salu Scouts, where we actually impersonated the enemy. Uh, it's very different between uh, working behind enemy lines and actually working undercover. Uh, Salu Scouts was very, very effective. It was responsible for 68% of all the casualties. Uh, many thousands of enemy soldiers were killed by the Salu Scouts. Spent four years there, and then I did two years as a bounty hunter, specifically uh, hunting down certain terrorists uh, for money. This doesn't sound good for a Christian, but I wasn't a Christian in those days. Um, eventually, we uh, became Zimbabwe, and Robert Mugabe took over, and I stayed there for two years running a business. Uh, ultimately, it was just about impossible. We were mining, and it was hard to work under the new government. You know, they just couldn't manage the economy and couldn't get spares. They formed a mineral marketing board and forced us to sell our minerals to them and essentially put us out of business overnight. So we came to Australia to try and find a um, market for our sapphires that we were mining. And while I was here, I was accused of blowing up a squadron of uh, British Hawk jets at one of the Zimbabwe air bases. I didn't actually do that job, but I was accused of it, and so I could never go back. So I never went back, and I left all of our assets and properties and everything behind and uh, went to Singapore and managed to jag a job as a commercial diver in the oil fields. And so for the next four years, I was a saturation diver, diving five, 600 feet below the Sea of Japan and all over Southeast Asia. Eventually got into Australia in about 1986. And um, from there, uh, I bought a motorcycle business in Perth and turned that into the state distributorship for Italian bikes. And it was there that I came to know the Lord, actually. My wife had been a Christian ever since I'd known her. And um, uh, Reinhard Bonke was coming to town one day. And he actually, my wife was sort of nagging me to go and see him and just go and have a listen. So eventually I went along and had a listen. And I was hiding at the back right near the door, you know, just waiting to get out of there. I didn't want to be seen as a Christian by anybody in the motorcycle fraternity. And, of course, um, Reinhard Bonnke just stopped the show halfway through and he pointed straight up to me. It was a huge auditorium, 6,000 people in the Perth Entertainment Centre. And he, he just pointed up to me and he just said, somewhere up there, there's a young executive in the motorcycle industry. He said, you're here under duress tonight. 
he said, uh, the Lord has knocked on your door many times, and tonight could be the last time, so come on down. So I went trotting down. I thought it was a setup, and I went trotting down and realized there was nobody that knew me on the stage, and that's where I got saved. Uh, from there, eventually, I moved to the Atherton Tablelands and uh, built up a reasonable business up there. And uh, one day, I was given a prophetic word to move down to the Sunshine Coast, uh, which I ignored. And over the next two years, our business went downhill until we ended up with nothing. So we moved to the Sunshine Coast, obedient to the Lord's word, eventually in 2002. And we were absolutely penniless, literally. We owed 76 grand's worth of credit card debt. That was all we had in the world, a big debt. And uh, within a few weeks of being here, I had another prophetic words um, from a senior Christian saying, you will write six-figure checks for this church in the near future. So that took about three years. And uh, since then, we've built up the Paladin Group. Um, you know, at any one stage, we control anywhere from 60 to $100 million worth of property development. We do business acquisitions. We export to China. We do have our own internal finance company and so on. So following the prophetic word was quite important and a big scene in our lives that's roughly who and what we are wow so firstly um with all that uh, sas training you're basically saying to me i need to stay on your good side is that right <laughs> well, yeah not really we're just we were just a country that was fighting for its life and uh, we're nothing special we just did what we had to do and uh, you'll find that with most sas guys people think they're all sort of a bit extreme and so on but really it's just endurance and discipline and something you can bring into your christian walk quite easily now let's just talk about your Christian walk for a moment. So I can just imagine Reinhard Bonnke pointing down the aisle of the Perth Entertainment Centre and, and you standing there. Uh, tell us what changed in your life after you made that commitment to Christ. What was, was there a dramatic turnaround? Did everyone say, wow, what's happened to you, Dave? No, there wasn't, Matt. The thing is, I, I was an instructor in the Salu Scouts teaching people about the bush, and, and I learned evolution thoroughly right down to the, to the microbiology of everything at the cellular level. So I was a strong evolutionist, and uh, I really struggled to reckon. I, I never felt anything when I got saved. I just thought, okay, I've got to behave, and God's obviously true, otherwise I wouldn't have been called down here. But uh, I never not much changed in me until probably three or four years later. I, I actually thought I could never be forgiven for the things I'd done and, and uh, you know, when you're at war, you shoot people and people shoot at you and, and I just thought, well, God's not going to forgive that until eventually when I moved to the Atherton Tablelands, I heard a pastor talking about Paul and I went home and I read about Paul and I realized that he'd actually hunted down and killed the Christians and held their jackets while people stoned them and that sort of thing and yet he ended up, he was so forgiven, he wrote half the New Testament and, and that day a real peace came upon me and my whole demeanor changed, my whole life changed and that was several years after getting born again mm. and now uh, you're involved in business at the Sunshine Coast with all these different um, property developments and things that you're involved with uh, how do you um, function in your Christian faith as a, as a businessman Does, do, you, do you feel like God guides you a lot and gives you wisdom in the, in the things you do? Oh yeah, big time we, I teach a lot on it. Uh, I get asked to talk all over the country and overseas on various uh, business conferences uh, because I've learned a lot or we've learned a lot about the spiritual principles that apply to business and they're not found, you're not taught that sort of stuff in church generally 
not because you know it isn't in the Bible, but because I guess it's just a different world. You know, the, the business world is different to the church world, and our goals might be the same, but the rules are different. And so we've learned a lot of different principles that are critical, and one of them is intimacy with the Lord. And I've found that I have to take a day off a week to go and pray the whole day, and usually it's a Wednesday. I'll go out and I'll jump on a boat and just go east over the ocean until I'm far away, and I'll, I can just pray and read the Word the whole day. And that's where I get my guidance from. Um, I also get a lot of prophetic words, a lot of visiting ministers have come through for some reason they just pick on me and they don't even know me, they just call me up and there's always a lot of guidance out of that. So I'm one of these thick-skinned creatures that needs a lot of guidance from God and I find that if you're going to stick your, your head above the radar like we do, funding the kingdom with our company, then you need that guidance and you need that intimacy with the Lord. Dave, I hear you say that intimacy with God is the number one thing that you need in your business and you yep. said that you take a day a week at of your your business i can hear business people saying how on earth does he arrange things so that he can take that amount of time out each week Uh, look i found um you can't arrange it i mean we, we run 23 companies they're all busy we work massive hours you know we're, we're totally out of balance i mean this is this is a bad thing to put over but we are and we're, we're adjusting but it's a priority uh, and i found that when i wasn't doing it uh i just don't i just don't hear from the lord i don't i don't get enough wisdom to make the right decisions we're making tens of millions of dollars worth of decisions regularly and we need that guidance and i found that one of our greatest enemies that we have is actually our gifting you know if you're a gifted entrepreneur or business person it can take you away from the lord big time even though you might think you're doing it for the kingdom if you don't have that intimacy you aren't doing it for the kingdom you're doing it for yourself and uh, i think our first reason that we were even created was to have a relationship with the lord so i just make it a priority and too bad if there's phone calls and things they just have to wait till the end of the day and that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Making it a priority in your life and setting that time aside. That's right. To do yeah. that. You mentioned that you rely a lot on prophetic words. How, how does that in practice, like you say, when you receive a prophetic word, how do you filter that? How do you apply that to your life? Okay. To me, uh, a prophetic word, it's important where it comes from uh, because, you know, there's potential for all sorts of Fruit Loops to be giving you prophetic words, but I I actually, I seem to have had them from senior visiting ministries and and even professional uh, dedicated prophets that have come over and so on, but... I, I've never had one that isn't relevant. They all seem to be on the same theme, even by people who don't know me. They just seem to pick that we're running a business for the kingdom. So when I get those words, to me, it's it's kind of like a, a set of instructions, or it's like a driving license. A license to drive, it's just up to me now to drive. And I find in my lectures and talking to people that so many people get so many prophetic words and they do nothing about it. It's just so important to do it. You know, if if you want to be in the Lord's will, you've got to do what he says. And you can read the Bible forever and find how other people did it and so on. But the Lord's got a special word for everybody and a special purpose for all of us. And I find that, you know, some people like myself, I get a lot of prophetic words. And if I don't obey them, things come undone like they did up on the Atherton Tablelands. I was uh, reading something over the weekend, uh, just going through some notes at a conference I'd attended, and one of the biggest things uh, was FTI failure to implement. And I think uh, a number of us receive a lot of prophetic words, but it's when we don't take those and apply those to your life. So yeah, it's, it's taking that and implementing it in, in your life. That's exactly right. And, and it always seems to be 
and not only in my case and a lot of the cases that people have come and sat in my office obviously I attract a lot of business people who seem to have stalled and so I sit with them and go through it and try and find out what what's the what's happened and it's invariably it's they've had a prophetic word and they haven't they haven't activated it they've just cruised on as normal waiting for it to happen and I found that you know you've got to actually get out and walk on the water because there's a lot of faith goes with the prophetic word and and that's how it's activated you just get on and go and do it and I also find that as you do it the Lord applies favor if you accept your assignment and get on with it the Lord applies the favor to the assignment and it goes before you if you don't you'll sit there and, and ultimately you seem to get stood down I've seen so many business people that have seemed to have just reached a plateau and that's it and if, and usually there's a dormant prophetic word there waiting to be done waiting to be activated now, Dave, there's uh, lots of uh, doom and gloom talk around with the global financial crisis. Um, how are you uh, surviving in the middle of it all at the moment? Are you you're holding on to your faith a lot? Oh, yeah, but look, there's two answers, We've, or two parts to the answer. We deliberately became very diverse a long time ago and uh, we try and teach that we should have at least five income streams so we've got more than that so we might have the property sector is a little bit uh, hard to sell property but then on the finance side it's booming we've just got so much people wanting you know we do private lending and things like that so that one's very active so the diversification helps us but on the other hand this goes hand in hand with with being obedient to the word of god if you are about your father's business in in terms of your own purpose he seems to send opportunities at any time of the economic cycle and the opportunities i mean we were just sitting in the boardroom yesterday saying which ones are we going to do there's so many opportunities that are coming across our desk and they're all multi-million dollar ones and and they're all very lucrative and and we just need to get in and do them and we were just sort of dumbfounded on which one to choose so you know, we should never waste a crisis. We should we should be looking for opportunities, and there are plenty of them around. Dave, you said a key phrase in there, when you're about your father's business. I yeah. mean, Jesus said that he did nothing but apart from what he saw his father doing. How do you go about what your father wants you to do? You know, there, I suppose there's there's different interpretations of being being about our father's business. I think most people will say, oh, being a Christian and, and being at church and things like that. I don't see it that way. I see it that, you know, I've been called to talk to the kings. I've had so many prophetic words that the kings will seek my counsel and so on. Kings being business people to a certain extent. So I make sure that, and, and also I've had words about funding the kingdom and writing six-figure checks and so on. So I am about doing that all the time because that's what I've been instructed to do. And that, to me, is what the Lord has me doing at the moment and so I am about my father's business and in return I expect there to be opportunities and so on otherwise if, if they dried up I'd be thinking well have I missed something so it's actually the case of activating the prophetic words and following you know what you're learning in the Bible and getting on with it um, I think that to me is being about my father's business Dave before you mentioned too that you class your business as a kingdom business yeah. what do you class as as the key elements of what a kingdom business is all about okay a lot of people I come across will say that their business is a kingdom business we deliberately formed Paladin we incorporated Paladin to fund the kingdom okay because that was the prophetic word I was following and I trained myself up to do that through finance and so on and we incorporated Paladin with a view to trying to raise uh, or trying to generate through revenue about $3 million for the City Edge Church in Caloundra, um, which we actually have done and have it uh, reinvested on standby for them. 
and to fund the Australian Christian Lobby. So we we set about doing that with this company, and that's its mission, and that's its vision, and that's what it's on about. So it's 100% a, a kingdom business. Obviously, we've got to eat, so we've got to draw some funds out of it, and, and uh, we've got to acquire some assets, or banks wouldn't recognise us. But generally speaking, it's designed to go and fund the kingdom. And when you do that, I've found that you actually your business grows exponentially beyond what it should grow. Um, that's why we've got such a good testimony. I think it's just you know to go from zero to a hundred million dollars in three years is nuts. You know there was nothing. We had less than nothing. So, Dave, what would you say? I've spoken to a number of business guys who say that their business is on about funding their kingdom, but they're they're not making a cent. Uh, I would examine it. Um, I would say to those people, are they supposed to be doing that? A lot of people are business people, but they shouldn't necessarily be strictly funding the kingdom as such. Uh, Obviously, we've all got to tithe and do our offerings, but my experience is that in every church and every mission and vision and place that I've been to and ministry, there's only two or three people in there, even in the bigger churches, that are really those type of kingdom investors that can up with the stress and I've got the experience and, and the, the prophetic words and so on to actually do that in terms of I think we're all a mix of, of kings and priests and I found that a lot of the businesses a lot of the people who come to kingdom investors they can take their businesses to a certain level and can substantially increase their offerings and so on and and become a kingdom business through that but they shouldn't necessarily be just funding the kingdom with their business like ours is I think ours is too far extreme to compare to, say, you know, a, a, a Christian company that wants to make sure their church is going well and all that sort of thing. So there is a bit of a difference. It's like somebody being uh, the senior song leader and selling international records like Darlene Check compared to other people who are just good in the music ministry. So I think you have to actually define what your purpose is. And when you find those people who are definitely set and that is their purpose for that, to do that, well, they'll just soar. They'll just go nuts as long as it is their purpose. Well, Dave, I've been inspired to hear that you're uh, being successful in business and holding on to your faith in God and, and that, that God's uh, leading you in, into success in so many areas. Uh, and it comes from your relationship with God. It comes from you know that day a week where you just go out and you just pray and, and, uh, and spend time with, with the Father. Now, there's probably listeners listening to this right now, Dave, that are thinking, you know, I need to get back to that strong faith with God. I need to have that relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, would you speak to those listeners? How would you uh, speak to those listeners about how they could reconnect with God? Yeah. Look, it, it's it's all about time. Um, a lot of people get up and they'll spend 10 minutes in the morning praying and reading the Word and then they're off. That's okay. That's a good start. But, you know, when I first thought that I was doing well, I was actually spending an hour with the Lord every morning praying and reading the Word and then Zoom off to work and forget Him for the whole day. But several senior pastors said to me, you, you, you're not, your business is taking you away from the Lord. It's not enough. So that's why I went on that day a week. And um, when you cast your mind back, to the fact that we're made in his image uh, and all the other tens of millions of living organisms different species around the world aren't made in his image there's a reason for that and it's because of the communication and the love and and so on that we can return to the lord so ultimately our first thing is to communicate with god long before we go to work or eat or, or or multiply or anything is communion with the lord so that's how important it is and you could start it off with 10 minutes a day but you'd very quickly need to improve it 
very quickly I actually went to go and see a guy once many years ago who was funding the kingdom uh, through his business and I thought oh I need to go and get some tips some business tips from this guy I drove all the way down to the Gold Coast and I sat there and listened to him and I, the thing I came away with was not a business tip it was how often he referred to his Bible during the day and prayed to the Lord it was every hour he was into the word and he was so in love with the word and I soon realized it was intimacy that was driving him it was nothing to do with his business skills and I've endeavored to try and copy that and uh, I don't think I'm anywhere near his level but uh, it certainly works and I can see that coming out just even in speaking to you today uh, Dave is, is there a favorite passage of the Bible uh, that you want to share with us is there something that's on your heart at the moment that you want to share with us well Deuteronomy 8:18 is is always the one I think as long as we remember that it is the Lord who gave us the power to create wealth and he actually uses that word power to create wealth to establish his kingdom basically you know it says um, to to establish the covenant that he swore to our forefathers as it is this day so basically it's still there today and and if we consider that you know the, Jesus said pray this way uh, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven that to me is linked up to that same verse we've got to use our business abilities to change the culture even though we're funding the kingdom the, the business success gives us credentials to change the culture and that's what Deuteronomy 8.18 is really saying and if we can understand that and we work on our culture we'll become a sheep nation again Well Dave, thank you so much for joining us mate, I reckon you're a history maker God bless <laughs> Thanks Matt, bless you Thanks Dave Okay, thanks Wes that brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.